Hey everyone, we're so glad you've joined us today. Today, Pastor Jesse is preaching part three of our Hand of God, Heart of Man series. And this message is going to be about what God is able to do in you. So we believe this is going to bless you and encourage you no matter where you are in your walk with God. So if you have any questions or comments about the message or if God's speaking to you, we would absolutely love to hear that in the comments section below. And also, if you can like this video and share it with your friends, that'll just spread it even further. Uh, but we really hope you're encouraged through this. Um, my name is Matt Albrecht. I'm the leader of the uh, media department here. And between me and Pastor Jesse, our goal is just to uh, bring the church experience to you no matter where you are. You're just as much a part of this service as anyone that's in this building. So we really hope you're blessed today. And now we're going to cut to the live service. And here's Pastor Jesse. Final three-part series called Hand of God, Heart of man. Have you guys been enjoying the last two weeks? Has God been cultivating something within you? Is seed being planted? Yep. Yeah, you can keep saying yeah. You can keep saying yeah. <laughs> Some of you all, the coffee hasn't kicked in. I know that already, okay? But here's the thing, though. You know, we started with this series in the beginning of just an, a picture that God gave me. And reality is, uh, I shared with you guys that God simply wants to put his hand in your heart. And we use a lot of uh, gardening, gardening um, illustrations. We even went to the Bible and how God talks, how Jesus really shares about how, like, the heart is like the ground. And it can be hard or it can be soft. And what God wants to do is he just wants to put his hand in your heart if you allow him to, because he's always ready. He wants to put his hand in your heart so he can continue to cultivate what's within you. And when there's soft soil, things are easy to pull out, but things are also easy to put in. And God wants his word to take root, be alive, and to be active in your life. You know, the first week we talked about we need to continue to saturate our hearts in his presence and in his word. And we use the illustration of a sponge and how a sponge, when it's in water and saturated, that thing is being used for what it was created for. And even though it gets squeezed, water comes out. And we said the same thing. We were created to be saturated in Christ. We were created to be flexible and not stiff. We were created that when life squeezes us, the word comes out of us. And that's what happens when we continue to saturate ourselves in our, ourselves into God and through his word and through worship and through his presence. Last week, we talked about maintaining a pure heart. And we used the illustration of David as a boy growing all the way up to becoming a king, which, by the way, anybody studying the life of David? Make some noise. Awesome. If you are not, study the life of David. There's so many key things that we can pull out and apply in our life. But you see David, who is faithful through and through, but because he was not maintaining his heart, there was a short season in his life where he allowed garbage, junk, to get in his heart. And that junk really kind of stirred some things up to the point where he knew, I'm not living right for God right now. And we went to the scriptures, and it, you can see the plea that David had to his father. And he said, God, oh God, put in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit. And we were talking about these habits that we need to continue to position ourselves because if we fall into that trap, we can still go to God and ask God for his forgiveness. And he is gracious and merciful to extend that to you. But we need to maintain and maintain that pure heart and keep checking ourselves. In the natural, we go to the doctors, do physicals on an annual basis in the, in the natural side of things. We should be doing it spiritually speaking as well too. Check your heart every once in a while. Where am I at? Because 
because we bottom line, we said this, you are responsible for the condition of your own heart. I'm not responsible for your heart. You're not responsible for my heart. We're responsible for the condition of our own hearts. Now, we help each other. We hold each other accountable. But reality is what you feed your heart is on you. It's on you. And God has given you that freedom and that liberty so you can grow and create a natural relationship with him. The, really, the anchor of this whole thing comes out of Proverbs 23, 26, where it says, My son, give me your heart. I'll say that again. My son, give me your heart. See, there's a purpose of why God wants to, us to give our hearts to him. There's a purpose because how many of you guys know the last two weeks we've been talking about what God does in us, right? I'll say it again. We've been talking about what God has done within us. And this is all going to lead it up to today because God doesn't just want to work in us. He now wants to work through us. Everyone say through us. You see, God doesn't just want to work within you, but he wants to do things through your hands, through your feet. There is a difference. There is a difference between in you and through you. And that's what we're really going to talk about today, what that difference is. You know, when you think about God working in you, it really what happens is that it leads to repentance and a changed life and heart. When God works within us. I mean, for instance, you look in the New Testament, you see Saul, who, who uh, was just doing his thing, thinking he was doing right for God, but he wasn't. But God started working within Saul, and what happened was Saul repented, had an encounter. He repented and changed his life around, and therefore the result became his identity was changed, and he became the Apostle Paul. That's because God was working in him in the beginning, and he had a change of heart. But when you look at the word through you or the phrase through you or when God wants to work through you, what through you does is it leads, uh, leads to discover your giftings, the giftings that you had. How many of you guys know you have a gift? Make some noise. Come on. You guys have a gift. Now, if you think you don't have a gift, you do. You just haven't unwrapped it or discovered it yet. But there is something in you. Now, let's think about it for a second. What is that one desire that you picture yourself doing, but it gives you butterflies, gets you nervous, but you're so excited about? And you think, I'll never jump into that arena, or I'll, I couldn't do that, but I can definitely see myself doing that. Come on, people. Who sings in the shower? Come on. <laughs> Who sings in the shower? Okay. Who sings in the... What, can I give you a little secret? Okay, this could be a little embarrassing, but I'm going to show and prove something to you guys. When I was, I think I was 21, maybe. I was just, in, just entering in Bible school, and I'm not joking. I would, like, get ready in the morning to go to Bible school, and I would look in the mirror, and I would preach to myself, like, how I look, and I'm not joking, because I said, you know, how cool would it be if I could just go and just preach to the world? When I started preaching, and I would, like, back up, no, that didn't sound good. You must, you know, and I just kind of go right back into that whole, whole phrase, and I was practicing it, but I really didn't see myself doing any of that. It was just behind closed doors because when I thought about actually speaking to somebody about Jesus or, or, or teaching them something, I felt like there's no way I'll do that. You know, I was nervous and scared, but at the same time, I was excited to do it. But then someone got a hold of me and said, hey, there's a gifting you need to discover. And as the journey began, God started unfolding this thing before me. And before you know it, I'm now doing what I used to practice when I was younger. So if you're singing in the shower, you're singing in the shower. 
first get an audition. No, I'm just <laughs> we just want to make sure you're singing or not making just a joyful noise, okay? So, but here's the thing. You know, whatever that thing is in, in you that turns your stomach or gets you excited, maybe you feel like, I just can't do that, but it gets you going, ask God. Because God wants to work through you probably in that area of your life. He wants to work through you. You know, sometimes it's just simply a simple invitation or a handshake or a smile or a conversation that you feel like, I just can't get to that point. Let God work through you then and stop trying. And just let God be God in your life. But when you work through you, you discover the giftings in your life. Uh, and then you start operating in them. And you don't even realize you're, 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 you're actually operating through them. For instance, when you look at the disciples at 12, Jesus called the 12 out of their occupations, and they dropped everything they were doing to follow Jesus. Now, you know in the beginning they probably didn't know what to do or how to do it, but they're watching their teacher do it. And they're probably even imitating some of the stuff that he was doing just because they were influenced by Jesus. But there got to a point where Jesus started teaching them some things. They started discovering the giftings that they had, and before you know it, they were healing the sick. They were opening the eyes of the blind. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something they probably didn't see in the beginning, but they discovered it on the journey with Jesus. And when Jesus ended up departing, what ended up happening was they now had to operate in what they were instilled by God because Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, was in them and now working through them. You know, God wants to also work through you as well. When you look at the scriptures, John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says it this way. He says, very truly I tell you, okay, that means pay attention, everybody. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, Jesus says, okay. Check this out. Better yet, okay. And they will, be, they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. He says, you will be doing some things that I've been doing. Wait, 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 hold on. You will be doing some greater things that I've been doing here on earth. Because when you look at what Jesus was doing at the moment, in the natural, Jesus was teaching the disciples and the people. This is what he was teaching them. There's going to be a natural departure between me and the people. Okay, I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going I'm to go to the cross. I'm going to do everything, but I'm going to ascend to heaven. And when I ascend for a little while... I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you're not going to do, now you're going to do what I did, yet greater things. Amen. And so what did we see Jesus do in the scripture? Shout it out right now. I want some participation. What did Jesus do while he was here on earth? Forgave. Keep going. Heal the sick. Keep going. Anybody? Serve. Keep going. Cast out demons. Keep going. Raise the dead. Keep going. Taught. Keep going. Gave sight, keep going. Perform miracles. miracles, keep going. I'm not finding the right answer. I'm drawing stuff out of you guys because this is simple. You know it already. I've only put you guys involved in this because you guys know what Jesus did. He knows what he, he, you know what he did when he walked on earth. And so when we read that scripture, we see that we simply have to just continue to trust God to work through us in that. And so Jesus is telling the disciples, he's saying, hey, for a little bit, there's going to be a departure. You're going to be doing some great things. I'm going to be over here in heaven with our Father representing you while you represent me here on earth. Okay? But it's just for a little while. But in the meantime, everyone say, in the meantime. And by the way, we're in the meantime because we're still waiting on Jesus' return. Okay, so we're still in the meantime right now. In the meantime, God put an expectation on us to be doers of his word. 
that expectation that we should be doing what God wants us to do. Because the scripture strictly tells us, not strictly, but uh, distinctly tells us we're going to do greater things that Jesus performed. So if he opened the eyes of the blind, we can too. If he raised the dead, we can too. If we can pray over the sick and they get healed, we can too. You know, I put that into action one time. Testimonies are powerful. Uh, two years ago, and a lot of you guys know this story, my grandmother uh, passed away. She flatlined. There was, a, there was an incident that happened in Oslo. It was a complete accident, and, and it was during a, a blood infusion, and, and they just infused it too fast, and it stopped her heart. It stopped her heart from beating. She was 69 at the time. And, and as she's there, I mean, I, the timing of, of me and my sister being there early morning, just knowing that we have to be there. As soon as we got there, I mean, minutes, minutes, it all happens. I couldn't even go to the room because the blood infusion was, was happening. I had to wait till they were done, which was supposed to be such an easy procedure. But there was a mistake that happened, and it stopped her heart. And talk about being scared when the alarms go off in the entire floor, when like, I felt like a hundred doctors ran to the room and doing them trying to resuscitate her. But I, I remember a, a nurse just grabs me and says, you can come in the room. For some reason, she said, you can come in the room when I wasn't allowed to be in there. And I remember just sitting there scared and praying and praying and scared. Who's ever been in a position like that? But let me tell you something. It's a spiritual war at that moment. You are fighting your own flesh, but your spirit wants to rise up. Allow the spirit to rise up. And then I started remembering the teachings of what Jesus, in, in an instant, the teachings started flooding on me. When, when life squeezes you, because we saturate ourselves, the word comes out of you. And I just started, these teachings started coming in my mind. And I said, no, I started declaring life, 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 life. And then she dies. She's dead. And they actually resuscitated, tried to resuscitate her for like 10 minutes. And they finally were calling a time and they were going to export her to the next room. They were done. They couldn't do nothing. And I remember seeing her hand there, not moving. And I remember thinking, wait, no, no way. And I grabbed her hand and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, heart pump, in the name of Jesus Christ, life come now. And a pulse came and she rose from the dead. She rose from the dead. And I share that as a testimony of what God said we can do. When Jesus told me through scripture, you're going to do greater things. I saw him raise the dead. I said, I can too in Christ, in Jesus. That's just one testimony I have. And I'm pretty sure you guys have tons of testimonies of what God is doing. But don't stop and don't doubt what God can do in your life and through your life. Because God wants to work through you. He wants to work through you. You know, in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2, uh, uh, 13 and 14, I'm just going to give you a scripture or reference. Please study that at home. Uh, but when you look at the message translation, the Bible, Paul, he teaches this. He says to live in response and obedience, okay, to God. He also says, be energetic in your life of salvation. And a lot of you are like, well, man, I ain't got a lot of energy right now. Or I'm getting older. Well, check what he, he says later on when you study it. Because the energy is God's energy. And so if you're feeling like, why well, I got no energy, you haven't tapped in God's energy. That's why. You're trying to do it on your own. But God says, put me in there. Let me work through you. Watch my energy flow out of you. Watch me quicken your body. And so when Philippians 2, when you read it, just live to respond to God when, and, and obey what he calls you to do. In other words, there are things God wants to do through you, but it really comes down to this, church. Completing those things depend on how you respond to him. 
It's how you respond back to God. And what God desires is for you to respond back. But there are times I know, and I fall into this many times as well too, and we grow from this, that you hear God and he gives you a direction, but we just don't respond. And we find excuses. I think of Moses right now. I mean, through the burning bush, God called him to release, to, to relieve all the slaves, his people, to set the captives free. And excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. I'm inadequate. I can't do this. They, they'll kill me. All these excuses. And a lot of times we point to, the finger to Moses and say, only if Moses knew. But reality is, we should point it ourselves. Only if I knew better. Because there are times where we fall into that trend where God's saying, I need you to go pray for that person in the line at the grocery store right now. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, don't send me. Send them. I'm inadequate. I can't do it. God said, they need prayer right now. Oh, God, we're in a grocery Can I do it in the parking lot when no one's looking? We come with these excuses, but God says, I want to work through you. This has nothing to do with you. They need me right now, and I want to work through you. And then we go to church, and we're we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Woo! But we can't be the hands and feet of Jesus in the grocery store because we're uncomfortable. Don't fall into that trap. God wants to work through you. I'm going to be honest with you. I have friends that are crazy like that. Like, hey, we're going to pray for this person right now. But, whoa, hold on. We need those friends in our lives to motivate us and encourage us. We do because it is sometimes an awkward, uncomfortable position. But, man, we see God in the midst of all of that. And I think that's where church really happens. I believe we're just gathering together as a huddle. But to play, we say break on a Sunday morning, and we go and we play the game. And we execute because we have one go, one prize, one Lord, one Savior, operating in one spirit and in one truth. You guys awake? You know, it depends on how we respond when God says something in our hearts. I think of Nehemiah as well, too. When you think, when you go to the book of Nehemiah, I believe it's the first seven chapters. Nehemiah had something in his heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to repopulate and bring these ruins back to life. But it started within his heart. And he responded to that. And the Bible says that he had favor from the king. Men were sent with him. And he rebuilt those walls in record time. In record time, and something that he had in his heart, if he didn't respond to that, those walls would have never been rebuilt. It's about how we respond. The Bible also says in Isaiah 119, if, everyone say if, because that is a key word right there. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Again, you responding to God leads to favor and to the good of the land. God wants to bless you, and he will continue to bless you. Even when we're unfaithful, he will continue to be faithful back to you. But a lot of the times we miss out on the key things because we simply are not responding when God calls us to go do something or be a doer. He simply just wants to work through you. I'm going to give you two keys that God has given you so God can work through you. And some of you guys might know these, some of you guys might not. Regardless, we all need to remind ourselves on a daily, and I mean it, on a daily basis that these two keys God gave you, okay, so you can operate in. The first one is this. When you come to Jesus and you operate and you let God to work, you need to remember that you have authority in Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. You have authority in Jesus Christ. 
I mean, we can so look at the natural side of things and talk about the authority that's given on earth, but there is a supernatural thing within you guys that God has given you. You know, the Bible says in Luke, Jesus actually says in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, 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 let me pound this in you, nothing, nothing, nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. You And I believe a lot of times we fall to defeat in certain seasons of our lives because we don't stand on this truth of nothing will harm me. I have authority in Jesus Christ. You know, we talk about the cross. We talk about Jesus uh, paying for our sins and he died for me and he gave me forgiveness. But we don't realize that there's so much more with that. You're not just forgiven. He's handed you the kingdom of God straight to you. And the one thing you can operate in is in the authority of Christ. Have you guys ever read the New Testament where Jesus is speaking to maybe a religious leader or some people, and all of them will always say, man, he speaks with such authority. You guys know what I'm talking about? He speaks with such authority. And that's because those words are resonating. Those words that he speaks have power, and it's actually piercing to the heart. And that's the authority you have as well, too. When someone's, going, or when someone's having a down day, or maybe things need to be spoken over your personal life, maybe it's a financial issue, maybe it's a relationship, a marriage issue, maybe it's children, use the authority of Christ to speak that so it can penetrate the heart. Not to twist an arm and force them to do it your way, but to say, no, you can do this in Christ who gives you all that you need. That greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Because there is power in those words when we speak the word of God. You're just filtering everything through in your mind and your heart and you're benefiting the blessing to speak it back out. You know, a garden hose to transport water from one place to another is a great tool to have. But don't forget, and it wets the, the area it needs to wet, but don't forget a hose gets wet as well too. It benefits from the water as well. And we are that, in a sense, where when we allow God to work in us, he's going to work through us, and we're going to benefit the blessings as well, too. Have you ever given an encouraging word to somebody? Make some noise? And sometimes you're like, where did that come from? I have no idea. Where did that come from? It didn't come from you. I can tell you that right now. But because you were sensitive and allowed God just to work through you, somebody else was blessed. And you get to celebrate with them. Have you ever given good news to somebody? Just in general, good news. I got some good news. I remember my wife one time. She, I, I, we were, we had four children at the time. We had two, and I, you know, I just got out of work, and and I go to the. I said, "What, baby? Give me like ten minutes." I just, I had a long day, you know. And she's like, "Go ahead." And I just see this big smile on her. Go ahead, you know. And so she just was quiet, and I didn't catch it at the time, but she's just quiet. So I go and I walk in the room, and I, I fall to my knees and say, "God, you know, just it was a rough day today. It was hard, you know. I just wanted, to, you know, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And I just, it was just a hard day. God, I just need you right now." because, you know, I'm right now just running on fumes and I need you to fill me right now. And I don't hear a word. That's, that's rare. I didn't hear anything. From, I didn't sense anything. I didn't get a thought. And I'm like, well, I need music. So I get back out and my wife's like, hey, everything okay? I'm like, I just need music, you know, and I just kind of ignore her for a second. I go back in there and I shut the door and I play worship music and I sit down and I'm like, okay, God, in this worship, so hallelujah, hallelujah, nothing. I'm hearing nothing. And I'm like, I, I think, Five minutes went by, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I can't, like, something's just not there. And then I heard God, and he says, go out to the door. And I said, oh, okay. I opened the door, and my wife is like, 
just sitting there like just waiting. I got some good news for you. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, she didn't even say anything. I just look at her and I said, no, no. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, yeah. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, she was pregnant of our third child. And it, that was such, that good news was so refreshing to me, even when it was a hard day. And that's something in the natural. That's something that, yeah, we celebrate, and it's awesome, but that good news, I healed my heart. I forgot about everything at work. I was on a mission. I'm going to work. I'm working overtime now for this baby. You know, I was ready to conquer anything and everything because of that good, earthly good news. Think about someone's heart for a second that doesn't know the good news yet. If you don't respond into obedience that God is giving you and the direction that God is giving you, if you do not respond, someone is not going to hear the good news, and that's on us. Have you ever had a hose where you're trying to water the garden and none of the water's coming out, and you turn that thing all the way on, nothing's coming out, and you look and there's a kink in the hose? The flow stopped? Don't be the kink in the hose is what I'm trying to say. Don't be the kink in the hose. Unwind that thing, get out of your comfort zone, and let God be God through you, through you. Because God wants to do something in this world. You guys awake? You have authority in Jesus Christ that you need to exercise and use. You need to apply it. Don't fall to the defeat of, of the circumstance. Speak victory in your life and expect what God's going to do. Because he says the battle, you're fighting a battle that's been won already. Why would you uh, lose your effort on that and focus on that when you can just claim the reward that I have for you? And before you know it, an atmosphere changes. The world will be the world. But an atmosphere changes in your life and in your heart and in your home. And then you become an impact in somebody else's home and heart and life. That's the authority. That's taking the authority of the believer that Jesus gave us. When he went to the cross, he took that key away from the devil and he handed it to you. Apply that key in your life. The second one, and the last one I'll close it with this one, is that you need to understand that God has given you freedom in Jesus Christ. He's given you freedom, and there's so much more I can pack in that word freedom. But because of time's sake, I'm just going to kind of give you what God is downloading right now. Freedom is something that God designed for you to live in. He wants you to live in freedom. You know, let's go to Scripture. John 8, 36. This is a message translation. This is what Jesus said. He says, I tell you, by the way, when Jesus speaks, he teaches with authority. Don't forget that. And then when he teaches, he speaks on truth. But he says, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead end life and is, in fact, a slave. And is, in fact, a slave. And I'm going to pause there for a second. And the reason why I'm pausing there is because we have to have a knowledge and an understanding that we were born as sinners. And that's why Jesus came to this earth, conquered death, conquered sin, gave his blood to you so you can no longer be a slave but free. And you have to remember, this is something you don't earn, not even deserve. God just looks at you and says, you're worth it. And I give this to you. Freedom was bought already. And it was given to you with Jesus' precious blood. 
at that hill, at that cross, Jesus gave you freedom. Let's go on. Where am I at? Okay. In fact, you're a slave. A slave is a transcendent who cannot come and go at will. But the son, though, has an established position, the run of the house. So if the son sets you free, you are free through and through. Other translations say you are free indeed. What am I saying? You can't work at this. God made you free. That is the key he handed to you. Now, there are moments we, we fall and we feel like we're enslaved. But a lot of that is letting God work in you then. That means we're not letting God work in us. Think about the Israelites for a little bit. You go to the book of Exodus, you see where Moses is now doing what God called him to do. And he, and he sets these pe people free. And all the Red Sea happens and, and, and it washes all the enemies away. And, and there are uh, two pillars by day and by night they're following. And he gives them light at night, uh, leads them by day. The miracles of God is happening all over the place. And they're in the wilderness. Life just gets a little hard. And then before you know it, they start grumbling and complaining about how we had it better in Egypt. What? And Moses, have you ever seen that Batman and Robin meme where Batman's doing this to Robin and you put a, like, I think it's one of those moments. Moses is like, what? <laughs> and, you, and you think about it. And he says this. You're saying you were better a slave than you are free because things are a little hard right now? And we all can say, amen, Moses. Amen. Now we're on his side. Amen, Moses. That's good teaching. But a lot of times we fall into that same thing. We know we're free. But our motive and our mentality and our mindset of how we, this earthly life is, we, we still are slaves. And God, in a sense, wants to take the way he wanted to take Egypt out of the people. He wants to take that slave mentality out of us as well, too. And that's why it is so important that we let God first work within us so he can continue to work through us. Guys, this whole series of hand, of hand of God, heart of man, is just to simply share with you guys, don't stop letting God work in your heart. That's it. Don't, let him, don't, don't do this to God and say, I got this. I'm blessed and highly favored. I got this. No. If we're in a messed up position, let God work then. If we're in a position of doubt or, or, or concern or even worry, let God work then. Because he wants to cultivate your heart. He wants to pull some things out of you and work through you. He wants to take that slave mentality. Yeah, you're set free, but he wants to take the mentality out of you as well too. The mindset. He wants to break that mindset and remind you, hey, you are truly set free. And let me tell you something. When you are set free... <laughs> and something arises to pray over somebody in a grocery store, I don't know, you will jump out of that comfort zone. And you'll feel discomfort, but you will jump out of it not caring and say, God, I want them to feel what I'm feeling right now as well too. Miracles are for today, and God's in the business of that. Don't forget. And he wants to use the church. He wants to use the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's you guys. It's you guys. So after today, this is my, this is my encouragement to you. After you leave these four walls and you go back to your world and you go back to your jobs and you go back to your schools or wherever you go, whatever you do, make sure you're doing it in the name of the Lord. Make sure you're being a doer of what the word tells you to do. Because as much as that you are faithful showing up here, God wants you to be faithful showing up to the world and being that light to the world. Is that an amen for everybody? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. You know, I thank God for you guys. 
I thank God for you guys because I know you guys are little missiles ready to be launched and explode your world and be an impact wherever your arena is. And my wife and I, we pray for you guys. We have a team at this church that prays for you specifically, knowing that the mission is still carried on. And yes, we have hiccups in the road. Yes, we fall and go through some things as well too. But at the end of the day, we can say, faithfully say to God, God, I put you first in the midst of this whole thing. Maybe this is your first time hearing something like this and you really haven't made a genuine decision for Jesus. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that there is no other name but the name of Jesus. In Romans chapter 10, the Bible tells us that if we call on his name and confess our sins, that he will save us. And the question could be, well, save me from what? And the answer is this, from eternal separation from him. God doesn't want you to ever be apart from him. Now, he's there with open arms ready to receive you if you would turn around from your ways and follow his ways. But it starts with you saying, yes, I want Jesus, and I will lead you in that prayer. If you're watching online and you have something that you feel well and you want to make a decision as well too, just I'll lead you in a prayer. Just stick to my instructions so I can lead you. So on the count of three, if that is you, I want you to put your hand up with boldness and say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. One, two, three. God bless you. I see your hand, brother. God bless you and God bless you. I see you guys this hand. Anybody else? God bless you and God bless you. I see you guys. You guys can put your hands down. Anybody else? You're simply saying, I want to turn around and go back and follow his way. Anybody else? Awesome. Let's do this as a church family. Everyone put one hand over your heart. We're going to do this together. If you're watching the line, just repeat after me as well, too. Everyone say, God, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm so sorry for all that I've committed against you. And I ask you to lead my life. Put your spirit in me. Oh, God, create in me a clean Use me for your glory. From this day forward, I commit to you. I give you my all. In Jesus' name. And we all say amen and amen. Give it up for those that made a decision.